0: Good evening, everyone, and uh, thank you for for joining uh, Dorothy and I again. Uh, Blog Talk Radio. This is Zeal for Your House. Uh, my name is David Murray. Dorothy, how are you doing this evening?
1: I am doing well this evening, David. And you? Uh,
0: I'm I'm doing well. I'm going to be uh, moving kind of quickly, Dorothy, tonight um, through some things because I I want to um, well some of you. Well, first of all. Uh, some of you had been. I've been getting, um, you know, emails and, and, and many of you have reached out to me asking if I am okay. Um, so I am okay. I'm doing. I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm going through a very challenging season. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit tonight. Um, but to, to get back to what you were asking, Dorothy, I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. God's still on the throne. I'm pretty sure He always will be. So um, so things are good. And uh what we're going to be talking about here, uh, one of the reasons why i, I it really wasn't that much time, but um, so I 'm not sure if it's just a missing um, a week or two that people notice, or because um, many of you have been praying for me, but I've had a number of, of uh, a number of you have reached out to me asking uh, if I am all right, if everything's okay, I appreciate your prayers. Uh, my family, my wife Maya, and I, my children appreciate your prayers, and yes, I am good so um Thank you for your prayers. Uh, it's part of what's going on in this season. Uh, I'm going through some very challenging times right now with the Lord that He's walking me through. Uh, as many of, of you, as, as I know many of you are going through a very challenging seasons um, right now. I want to encourage all of you that there's a reason for this. So, this is what the Lord is doing in 2016. Um, I, I spoke about this briefly at the close of 2015 and um, I'm, I've been getting a lot of feedback throughout the body of Christ, you know, that they're going through some very challenging trials and I just want to encourage you. It's you're you're okay. These are ordained by God and they are meant to draw us into greater intimacy in him. And I'm going through them myself, um, you know, and there, there's no exemption. No one's going to be exempt from this. Um, that's a, uh, misconception that that's gone through in the body of Christ. Well, you know, you get to a certain point and God stops refining you. That's, his love knows no end to his love. So um, in his love, he will continue to refine us. So we're going to get into that. But uh, before we do, I'm going to uh, just address a couple of questions. Uh, these are questions that seem to be a common theme that are coming up. One, is there any additional teachings um, in addition to the broadcast? Absolutely. Yes, there is. Uh, I have a blog. I have a website, dwmurry, at com. Pretty much everything I share on uh, Blog Talk Radio is also reiterated through different forms of teachings on, on that website. It's designed to specifically address who we are as children of God, who the Father is, a correct relationship and to teach the truths of what righteousness and balance and all the different things that dovetail from from there—that's that, the way I walk with God. So I do have a website. Um, if you put in your email address when I post updates, which is about about twice a month, um, you will get a notification that the is on there. If you don't care to do that, you can just pop in from time to time and, and just um, be fed as, as the Lord lays it upon your heart. I do have a website, dwmurray.com name of the website is called zeal for your house and so i had that so i've been getting um i've been getting emails asking me about that the answer that is yes so uh, there is a additional resources for you if you feel led in that direction uh next i've had some people asking if i'm going to write a book and emphatically i would like to say i hope not um i i i i don't want to write a book um I, there is a chance, I'm um, working it through with the Lord, there's a chance that I may take the material that's on the website and put that into some sort of format um, that's in a principal version. I'm still praying about that. I'm still looking to get the mind of God on that. That's a pretty significant undertaking. So um, if it's something that the Lord leads me to, I'm open to it. Um, so I'm, I'm addressing that. So am I looking to write a book? No, I'm not. Um, unless the Lord changes my heart or lays it upon my heart, in which case I'll have to change my heart. Uh, Emma three, can I explain? I've had had, uh, a lot of feedback, people reaching out to me. Can I explain what it is to be in the wilderness, what what the desert experience is more, what is the wilderness journey more? Um, Yes, actually, there's material on my website that starts to get into that, um, on dwmartyr.com, and um, it's also... Um, I'm going to be starting a series uh, called Answering the Call. That will be basically a five-part series. Um, It will deal with, you know, coming out of Egypt, which that first part is is on the website already. It'll be life in the desert, desert crossroads, coming back to civilization, and then stepping into our commission. That's going to be a five-part series. that uh, I'm going to be starting uh, very shortly and I will also most likely be discussing that on blog talk radio and and going into depth on that. So that is coming, but there is material, pretty much everything that I share that the Lord just lays upon my heart. um, It all dovetails together and it it all works in together. So there's a lot of overlap um, in in what I believe is a good way um, on the website and with the teachings I will be addressing the wilderness, many of the trials that that the body of Christ is going through this year um, are part of a wilderness experience as part of God calling us out away from things, calling us to separate us to to him. And that many times will mean spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, uh, separation, consecration, sanctification. And and so many of you, I, I understand, I recognize are going through that and if it's any encouragement, I knew this was coming for the body of Christ this year. It's a wonderful thing. And what I mean by it's a wonderful thing is, is the experience wonderful? Well, no, it's pretty, it's pretty painful. It's pretty challenging, but the fruit and the life that is produced, if we yield to it, if we walk it out with him, takes us into realms of the kingdom that we have not accessed before. It's not mental realms. They're spiritual realms. They deepen our spiritual walk, the ability to hear his voice, perceive his voice, Understand it, our identity, our rest, our completeness in Him. These are some of the purposes of the trials that He's doing this year in the body of Christ. And um, the call is going out to the bride. Those that are answering that call are, are taking part of that. Um, so be encouraged by that. We're going to talk about more about that in, in a in a minute. Um, Number four, I have, have had many, many, many a uh, number of, of, uh, of people reach out to me about a scripture verse in particular um, where Jesus stated uh, in the Gospels, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into my kingdom. And the scriptures go on to say, Lord, did we not perform signs and wonderful wonders and, and, and proclaim your name, um, do these things in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And... I understand why that's, why that's been troubling. I want to address that very quickly right now and kind of tear down this false ideology. So we'll just take two minutes to tear that down. And I'll get into the main portion of of this study tonight, which is further insights for 2016 for the body of Christ. But before I do, let me address that because it's been troubling many of you, especially in light of me sharing some of the experiences of of, uh, my interactions with other members of the body of Christ and other members with the lost and how one of the things that the scriptures tell us is that we are meant to proclaim the gospel with signs following we are meant to to bring the kingdom um, with the power of the kingdom and and live a life that looks like the life of Jesus on the earth and that ministry and that's led many people to think well how do I know if I'm in deception Um, you know and that scripture verse keeps coming to mind Here's something that I want to encourage you guys with. The key portion of that scripture is that Jesus stated to these people in the day of judgment, I never knew you. That's the crux of that scripture verse. I never knew you. If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and you are walking out your life with him, seeking to to commune with him, to develop your walk with him, not out of fear of losing salvation, but because it's a response to the love displayed on the cross that love has been shed abroad inside of your heart, the scriptures say, when you receive the Holy Spirit. And so because there's the love of Christ inside of us, deep calls to deep, and we naturally desire the things of the kingdom. It doesn't mean we won't struggle. It doesn't mean we have um, our ups and downs. That's part of the journey in maturity and in moving in deeper realms of the kingdom. But you have a relationship with the Lord. That scripture does not apply to you because Jesus said, I never knew you. He's talking about people that were moving in in not get into a He's talking about people that were that were moving in dunamis. Greek word moving in paracle. The word miracle is a Greek word dunamis, and it literally means power. It's the same word it comes from dynamite in our English language. It's dunamis. He's saying that people are moving in a degree of power. Now where that source came from doesn't make a difference within the context of what we're talking about. The bottom line is he said, I never knew you. These were never born-again Christians. They never were New Testament saints. So if that verse has kind of hung out over you and it's just, that's just beat up the body of Christ, I have no idea how much that has beaten up the body of Christ. If you could say right now, I've accepted the Lord as my Savior, um, and I, and I have a desire to, to walk with him, I desire I love him, that verse doesn't apply to you. So you could just toss that out, and the next time someone, you know, tries to club you over head with, with fear and all these different things, where there's going to be, Lord, Lord will you reject all these people? The key is he never knew them. They were not children of God. They were people that never received the gospel message. It doesn't matter in what name we do it. If we've never received them into our heart, it doesn't matter. And the seven sons of Sceva that's in the book of Acts, mimicking what Paul was doing, it's a wonderful example of that. They didn't know who they were. They, they did not enter into a personal relationship with the Lord. Or if they did, they didn't know where their authority. So they're trying to mimic things of the kingdom that they don't know anything about. Okay, Jesus was talking to people in the day of judgment that never received him as Savior. Okay, so hopefully I just offered some peace and some, you know, biblical scriptural contextual insight on that okay main topic what we're going to be talking about further insights um, kingdom insights for 2016 we basically um four parts well, well three parts really the first i just want to address to everybody that's been praying for me and asking me i'm good fine please i'll, I'll always accept prayers um, thank you very much the, the body that we're going to be talking about here is three things. Is, is, so I'm going to address some prophetic corrections that need to take place um, in the body of Christ. Uh, second is what the Lord is doing this year. And the third is how to cooperate with it. So those are the things that we're going to be getting into. Number one, I want to address um, prophetic words that are going out in the body of Christ in this season. It is very important we do not judge a person. We are not allowed to judge a person. We are to judge the words and works that are performed. We don't emotionally judge a person. That's a critical spirit. We are to objectively judge the fruit and the words and examine them against the word of God. Okay, that we are called to do. The body of Christ has mingled those two concepts, caused a lot of unnecessary confusion. The prophetic word is given, the new covenant, New Testament, we all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're not to judge it based upon whether it comes to pass. We're to judge it based upon whether it sits with our spirit. And that's a practice that's learned as we learn the heart of the Father. Hearing a word becomes easier and easier to judge the word because we understand the nature of our Heavenly Father. To the degree that we don't understand who our Lord really is, we have a very difficult time judging the word because it's difficult for us to discern, is this my spirit man? speaking to me and confirming what the Holy Spirit is saying through someone else? Or is this my soul that's still working or drawing from the carnal minded man and trying to pass something through my mental fallen understanding? That's why part of the walk in maturity in the new Testament outlines how the elders or the older ones in Christ. And it doesn't mean necessarily physically physically, but this, those that have spiritually grown up in righteousness, according to Hebrews 5:12, are in a position to help, serve the body, teach, instruct, and disciple them to Christ. So um, I just want to want to address that. Uh, the Lord again impressed upon me at the end of 2015 that that we're at right now in 2016 is a year of refinement and purification for the body of Christ I've been hearing um many prophetic words on this nation nation's future Um, I'm not going to get into that too much um at this point I laid out a lot of it already um in prior broadcasts that are titled under that but what I do want to say is there's basically two camps very very divided prophetic camps um that are speaking words. One of them is, is judgment, and the second is all grace. Now, here's the thing to understand. In any area, if we do not understand what it means to be the righteousness of Christ, to be holy, blameless, complete, that our self-worth is forever settled, if we don't apply that to, to our place in the body of Christ, if we try to add worth, or value, or think we're special because of our function, it leads to all sorts of garbage. And and there's a, a degree that many people, if, if we don't, to the degree we don't understand our identity, will be to the degree that we're drawn emotionally to things that seem exciting. You know, to share things where people will listen to us or, or to have, have spiritual insights, um, There's things to share because they're coming from the heart of God and because they're coming out of love. Even a tough word, if it's spoken from the heart of the Father, there should be love there because he is love. Or they're coming to feed our worth, to feed our sense. Well, if God speaks to me, if God gives me a word, he gives me a dream, shows me a vision, um, confirms something to me, that makes me special. Um, That's one aspect of it. The other aspect is, well, if if I want to share something and I believe the Lord showed me something, but I don't want to upset The listeners, because if I upset the listeners, they may not regard me as highly. They may not want to hear what I have to say. So let me water it down. Let me tweak it. Let me make it more palatable, more acceptable. Um, Those two extremes coming from the same motive, which is seeking to gain something from man, is what leads to prophetic error. That's the basis behind prophetic error. There are many people truly called to serve, not lead, to serve the body in the prophetic office. They're called to that. But if we do not get our act together and work out of the issues of our heart with our heavenly dad, we'll never be qualified to function, to serve the body of Christ in that capacity. Because, um, the Lord can only entrust us with things to the degree that we can hold ourselves accountable to, to him too. And even then there are giftings that all of us have. There are callings there the things that God commissions us before we're ever born. Those are never taken away. And we can abuse those giftings if we're trying to move by giftings to the carnal minded man. And the body of Christ is, is moving in a lot of that and the prophetic office is at the forefront of that mess. And so I want to address some of the confusion that's going out there. Okay. Here's where the degree of refining comes into play with, with this function. To the degree we walk in the mind of Christ, that we have our minds renewed and walking understanding that we're complete in him is to the degree that we will serve the body of Christ in purity, in spirit, and in truth. When I say the prophetic camp, what do I really mean by that? Um, What I mean by that is that that all of us have access to the throne room. All of us are called to great intimacy in the Lord. All of us are called to have open dialogue with him. He died to commune with us, to restore relationship. That's what all this is about. It's restored relationship. There are those in the body of Christ. Now, again, we always have to filter everything through the mind of Christ. None of this has anything to do with our worth. We are all fully pleasing in His eyes. We must begin to come to terms with that, to walk in that, or we'll never, ever truly walk communion with the Lord. It'll be very fractured, very lopsided. And the prophetic office, the apostolic office, I mean, all of them, but those two in particular – They're called to serve the body with a great weight of authority and a great weight of of servitude. The Eastern culture understands that. The Eastern culture body of Christ, when you talk about the prophetic ministry or the apostolic ministry, they're not leaders. They're servants. They serve the body the most. They carry the burden of the spirit. They carry the weight of authority. They carry the burden of making right and wrong uh, influential suggestions to the body. In Western culture, everything is about leadership. The Western mind and the West, the spirit of pride over this nation, over the body of Christ in this area, everyone wants to lead. They want to be exalted. And so we seek things that we think in the body mean, we're to will garner um, acceptance and value and praise. And it's one of the reasons why it's led to a lot of the error that we're, that we're walking in. The first camp I want to talk about, the prophetic camp, and, and here's what's important to understand. There are many of these people that are sharing it that are legitimately called to the prophetic function or they were the prophetic office. They're prophets. They are called to function and serve in that area to the degree with any area we're functioning, any area that we are trying to find worth by our calling or the area of our service, we'll get into witchcraft. There's no way around it. So we just call a spade a spade. That's very important to understand. There are those that have been so removed from understanding the heart of God and the purpose of discipline and the purpose of judgment that everything that they're speaking about is death and destruction. It's a form of cursing. It's a form of witchcraft. It's cursing the nation. It's cursing the body of Christ. It's cursing the lost. It's just damning everyone. It comes into spiritual agreement with the mind of the demonic and it's just death. And, that results from a lack of understanding of the heart of the Father. Romans 2.4 says, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? There has to be an understanding, a teaching imparted on how to partner with him. The words that are going out about just judgment If we listen to them, the vast majority of them has no instructions for the body of Christ. And God's word always tells us how to partner with him. If you study the prophetic words of, of, of the Old Testament, now again, yes, it was a different covenant because the Old Testament saints did not have the Holy Spirit. But the purpose, the function of the prophetic office was always the same. It's to share an aspect with the body of Christ. Back then, the body of Yahweh, same God, the heart, the mind, the will, and the intention of the Father, how he wants to move through his bride. The intention of the prophetic function is the same. It's to help impart an aspect, an insight into what God is intending to do Because he does everything through his church. In the Old Covenant, he did it through the nation of Israel. Israel was meant to be a light. There was provisions in the Mosaic Law and Code for those that would want to be a part of the nation of Israel. They discuss this called if an alien wants to come into the assembly. It's the same principle outlined in the New. We display Christ and give Christ to win the lost. We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, anytime we hear a word of judgment if there's no heart of God behind it no intention no function on, what, on how the body of Christ is meant to partner you're kind of left floundering with that we need to examine the spirit in which it's being spoken in is it a spirit of unforgiveness judgment a critical spirit where is the love of God in that because discipline is designed to bring us to repentance, just as grace is designed to bring us to repentance. If you think about this, the excessive prophetic message being brought forth in this hour completely removes the love story of God going after his lost children. The Bible is a love story. It's man messing things up from the garden when God walked with us in the cool of the day, and it ends With the great commission, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to fulfill his will to win his lost, and to commune with his restored children. The ultimate, the end, the revelation is all said and done is what? God is with us. God is amongst us. God reigns with us in perfect communion again. That was his heart from the beginning. If we ever stop to think what kept Jesus steadfast in the garden, what did Jesus look to? what did he see that allowed him to consecrate himself to the will of the Father? He saw us. what kept Jesus before the Father and said, not my will, but your will, Lord, because right now, Dad, my desire is different than yours. And if we stop and think about that, they discussed this before the beginning of time. They exist outside of time this game plan was waiting to be fulfilled even before man was created. And yet in the night of the garden, Jesus who came was in preparation for this since before time began said, no, no, I want to, we have to figure out another way. That was the agony of what he knew he had to deal with by having spiritual separation from his father. What he looked to, was his restored creation. That's what kept him in the garden. The body of Christ needs to stop trampling on that. We say, oh, yeah, yeah, he loves us, but, but no, but God hates this and hates that person and is looking to judge and is God of anger. There is judgment, and I've seen it. And I've seen his loving hand of discipline and judgment come upon the body of Christ in the past. I've seen it come upon me in my life. And I'm seeing it come forth in this nation right now. But it's not the wrath of God. The wrath of God is poured out on sin. Jesus paid for the wrath of man's sin on the cross. The wrath of God is not poured out on man. It's poured out on sin. And there are those in the prophetic office that have lost the heart of God or never understood the heart of God that speak of hatred and anger And a judging God who doesn't judge sin, he judges man. And um, is there wrath of the Lord? Absolutely. Absolutely there is. His wrath is poured out on all ungodliness, on all sin. And if someone hasn't received Messiah as Savior, then they are not separated from that sin. So the wrath that comes upon sin also falls upon the person. But that person that was lost and is lost is no different than your sin or my sin before we accepted Christ. The scriptures say while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And we need to remove this spirit of self-righteousness from the camp that thinks because we somehow have our eyes opened a little bit to what God's doing, that we can pass a judgmental finger on other people. We're meant to judge sin we're meant to judge works. We do not judge each other. That's reserved for the great white throne judgment, not us. And it brings God no pleasure to have to turn away his lost children that were deceived by Satan. It brings him no pleasure. So that's addressing that, that excessiveness that's going on in the prophetic camp. And that end. The other end of it
2: The other end of
0: it is grace, the excessiveness of grace. There are those that are speaking, that are sharing from a prophetic perspective, meaning things yet to come, that are saying, God's looking to bless the nation now, bless America, bless the body of Christ, God's going to restore it to you tenfold. It's on and on and on and on about all the blessings of God. So now, if you look back, at some of these very well-known um, websites or um, prophetic sites, I'm not judging the people. I am as an elder in the body of Christ commanded by the Lord, and he holds me accountable to judge the words. And many of these words are saying the same thing over and over and over again. And here's, the, again, the same catch. There is no partnering with the Lord on bringing these things to pass. All it talks about is God's going to bless you abundantly. It's focused on us, and it doesn't give you any direction. Once again, just like the judgment gives the body of Christ no direction, the excessive grace um, prophetic words give no direction. You don't have, we're not responsible for anything. Don't talk about holiness. Don't talk about repentance. Don't talk about purification, sanctification. All these words that are in the Bible are stricken from the record. It says God just He loves you so much he's going to give you no matter what. Well, he does love us fully and completely. But if we're going to walk in the fullness of the kingdom, Galatians 6, 8 says if we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap death in that area. If we sow to the spirit, we'll reap the eternal life of the spirit in that area of our walk. Again, removed from the heart of God. God is not here just so that we can indulge our sin and self-centeredness. Because James, well, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, 2 Timothy 3, two says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Um, but that, that fits the body of Christ pretty well in this nation. We love ourselves, and the scriptures say we're to love ourselves. But that Greek word is talking about a self-centeredness. Lovers of money, proud. Now, pride is anything that we attempt to find worth or value outside of the righteousness of Christ. Ungrateful. Um, It's impossible to be grateful if we do not have appreciation for the, the accomplished work on the cross and the torture he did for us. And one of the ways we show ungratefulness is having a complete disregard for any sense of being sanctified, of communing more intimately with the Lord. And the last is unholy. By definition is to be after the nature of God. God is holy. He's pure, pure light, pure love, nothing defiling. We're called to that because that's how he communes with us. Greater and greater revelation comes through greater and greater holiness. We don't seek to be holy to earn his love. That's the trap. That's the excessiveness. That's the lie of the fallen carnal mind. We seek holiness. We seek to get into the presence of God, to spend time with him, because the scriptures tell us we're transformed into his, his image from glory to glory, and he desires to spend more and more intimate time with us in more and more intimate ways. We can only fellowship to the degree that we reflect him, not because he rejects us. It's because James 4, 7 says that he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proudful. The reason why he resists pride is because pride by definition opposes his nature. It's to seek worth and identity apart from him. So, he cannot partner with sin. So, if some of you are wondering why, why I don't hear the voice of God more clearly, why is there so much confusion, or why this and that, just take a look. Is there any area where the Lord's been prompting you to give up? It's not about earning his love or acceptance. It's that if he's calling me, and he's done this many times, and he's never going to stop with me or any of you, when he says, David, I want you to look at something, I get excited because I finally understand in my walk that that means I'm about to enter into greater intimacy with him because I'm about to walk in greater, a greater reflection of his image. It releases greater realms of the spirit. It releases greater intimacy. I can partner with him in my spirit and in my soul, my mind, my will, emotions come into greater agreement and my body comes into greater alignment. So those are, those are two are two this, that in the body of Christ, it's all grace or it's all judgment. They're both removed from the heart of God. And let me share this. Now, now I am not claiming to, to stand in the prophetic office. I am not saying that at all. Um, but frankly, one way or the other, it's it just because there's still just too much to grow and heal and mend in the, the mind of Christ and in the righteousness of Christ and that our worth has nothing to do with our function. And how we serve each other, um, but I'm not saying I'm called a prophetic office at all. I, I, I'm someone who's here to serve, to teaching, instruction, encouragement, and and you all encourage me. We're all in this together. But one of the things that I can say the Lord has shown me is yes, is there is there judgment that the, that this nation is already experiencing? Absolutely, absolutely. The purpose of it is so that he can release the things that you hear some people saying he wants to bless us with. You cannot have one without the other. You can't have discipline without the vision of what he wants to restore us to. And you can't have just a message of here's what he wants to bless us to without giving the body of Christ the keys of how we partner with him to release the greater realms of the glory in the kingdom. They must go together. So I just wanted to uh, address some of that. Um, to the degree that we don't understand his heart, that we're trying to get something from that, whether it's the lost or whether it's the body of Christ, to try to add to our worth, is to the degree that a prophetic message gets perverted. Remember, communion, the purpose of any form of judgment, of discipline, of pruning uh, the hand of God, is not wrath upon his children. It's to deliver us from the bondage of sin, that originated from the one who dared to rebel against him. He loves his children. He died when we were sinners. And holiness, I won't get into this too much, it's outside of this, but just just to talk about holiness, to just drive home, it's not about works. Holiness is a key to communion. It's one of the doorways to communion. There are a few of them. That's one of them. Another one we talked about last week, was, uh, last broadcast, was walking in by the Spirit. That's another key or doorway to communion. Another one uh, that we're going to be talking about real soon is the motives of the heart. These are doorways. These are access points. Some people call them gateways. Whatever, you, whatever language, they are points that describe what Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, we will intimately fellowship. Holiness is a key. It's a doorway in order to help us access greater intimacy with the Lord. It's not about him getting us to love us more. can't be done. We're the righteousness of Christ. So I just wanted to address some of that. Um, The purpose of everything that's going on is for us to be restored to right relationship with him. Um, it allows us to fulfill the great commission to go get his lost children. Just as one point in time, we were one of those lost. I thank God that the body of Christ is not in the condition that it was when I was seven years old and I needed to hear the gospel of truth because the commission and even a heart for the lost is just being stripped and just sucked away. This. Spirit of Python, Leviathan, just robbing the body of Christ here from, from any even care for us. It's all just about ourselves. So, this gets on to my next point. Uh, we dealt with, I made some, some prophetic corrections. You just dealt with a little bit of error, a lot of error that you're hearing in the body of Christ. Um, the next point is the Lord is refining His church. What is the Lord doing in 2016? To reiterate, Um, I know we're only in the first quarter of of this year, but I just wanted to, when I was spending time with the Lord, um, I I, I just, this is what's on my heart to share, to encourage you all and to just give checkpoints that the body of Christ, those of you that are answering the call, that are going through difficult times, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, uh, God's not angry with you. It's refinement. He refines his church, he purifies his bride through trials. Hebrews twelve eleven says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So I want to encourage you, allow yourself to be trained. Allow yourself to commune and ask the Lord, Why am I struggling? What is it that makes this a trial? Something is only a trial because it disrupts us from the mind and the peace of Christ. So if something is able to dislodge us from being in perfect peace and the Sabbath rest, that is the very thing he wants to remove from us because that releases greater intimacy in his realm, in his kingdom, and with his heart. That's the purpose of trials. It's a season, it's a year of refinement. It's going to be a year of stripping away, a year of um, correction, a year of loving pruning, loving discipline. It's not wrath, it's his love that causes pruning. It's love. Because to the degree that we're pruned is the degree that we enter into greater intimacy, dialogue, communion with the realm of the spirit. We are not meant to live in this world soul-driven, theology-driven, where everything is just about what we see in this five physical senses, in this physical realm, and God is a concept that we feel sometimes in our heart. That is not the abundant life. We are meant to walk in realms of glory with him, representing the kingdom in power, in love, in holiness to the lost. Proverbs 3.11, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Galatians 6.9, Let us not be weary in doing good, for we will reap in due season if we do not give up. He is calling his sons and daughters in 2016 to himself. He's calling us into greater union and intimacy in his spirit and in the realm of the spirit. Here's how we cooperate with this. We recognize the refining. Hosea 4.6 says that my people perish because of lack of understanding. If we don't perceive what he's doing, it's very hard for us to be trained in righteousness. Righteousness. We have to understand what's going on. Then we can agree with it. And, and Malachi 3, three says that he will place us in the refiner's fire. It's not Satan. We've given Satan way too much credit. He's just not that big. And for those of you that are asking, yeah, I've, I've seen my share of the enemy. They don't impress me, right? So please don't think for a moment that I'm just ignorant to those things or that I haven't been involved in, in intercession or of or, uh, you know, had to stare at some of those ugly uh, demonic faces. I have. They don't impress me. Um, they're under our feet, the word of God says. And God's not a liar. And, uh, you know, someone said it once, and, and I really love it. And I'll continue to repeat it. I don't go looking behind every corner and every shadow for a demon, for the enemy. But if he gets in my crosshairs, I pull the trigger. And that needs to be our attitude. We're not afraid of him. We don't look for him behind every corner. We keep our eyes steadfast on Christ. The scriptures don't say to meditate on the enemy. Nowhere does it say that. It says don't be ignorant, right, and through our teachings and our understandings and our growth, we're not ignorant. We understand that, he, that, that he's a roaming lion, but he's got no teeth unless we give him a place to bite. Uh, that's it. The scriptures say whatever is pure, lovely, holy, of good report, or it's noble. Right? Those are personifications of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to keep our eyes fixed on him, the author and the finisher of our faith, the scriptures say. So we keep our eyes on Christ. And if the enemy is stupid enough to get in our crosshairs, pull the trigger. So um, so let's recap again. We talked about some prophetic um, distortions of what God is legitimately doing In this season, does he want to bless us? Yes. The direction to receive the blessings of God, we have to come into alignment with His heart, His nature, and that means repenting of self-centeredness, repenting of any areas of sin, repenting of any areas. He, He initiates. He shows us. Now, if something's in the Word, I don't need to pray about it, right? If I'm in adultery, I'm not. But hypothetically, if if someone is, is is in adultery, I don't need to say, Well, I'll wait till the Holy Spirit convicts me on it. He already has. In the word, the word convicts. There's a living word, there's a spoken word. So we don't have to pray about anything. The word implicitly tells us is sin. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we spend our time with Him in our prayer closet. Your prayer closet is your lifeline, brothers and sisters.
2: The, the written
0: word keeps us grounded. It trains us in the mind of God. It trains us in his nature. And he will speak to us through the word. But our our lifeline, the living manna, is our communion. We must commune with him. That's how we're fed spirit to spirit in addition to reading the word. Your prayer life is your lifeline. Please never forget that. So some prophetic corrections. Um, next talk about how the Lord is refining what he's doing in this year he's this is a year of refinement it's a year of refinement um 2017 I believe uh, you know not going to get into this much at all is going to be a challenging year it'll be a challenging year for this nation in different ways um it's going to be a challenging year I believe for the world Uh, things are going to continue to come to a head he needs the bride of Christ in the United States of America to begin moving in his heart, in his nature, and in his power and authority. He is preparing those called of his heart. He has begun this work this year. i already started it. 2016 is a year of sanctification, of hiding away, of preparation. We are called to be light in the darkest times. 2017 is going to be a challenging time Um, for those of you looking to run up your credit cards because he's coming back in 2017, um, I would not advise it. There's more work that needs to be done in the body of Christ. And, um, I know there's, you know, people out there that are thinking his return is going to be in 17.
2: Uh,
0: he has not spoken to me on that. Let me word it that way. I have not heard that, that 17 ends everything. Um, we are meant in 2017 to be a greater light than we've ever been before in this nation. And it's going to continue to intensify. He is looking for a bride that will move in power and authority and boldness and in love to win the lost. Getting exciting times coming. I'm excited for it. How we cooperate with what he's doing this year, recognize the refining. We do this by three basic ways. We take an inventory of our life. We take an inventory in our life. What are things going on that he is prompting me to look at? Second, how does whatever is getting kicked up this year, this season, right now in your life, what does it cause you to feel? How are you feeling? What feelings are coming up? And that leads to number three, what thoughts, what beliefs are coming up as a result of Feelings always trace back to a belief. So we take an inventory. What's going on in my life? Next, how do those things make me feel? What is my natural response? Not my conditioned response. My conditioned response is religion. My conditioned response goes along the lines of this. I can't believe this happened to me. I know I should be really angry. I'm really upset, but I'm just going to choose to keep my mouth closed and walk in love I'm going to keep my mouth closed and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. What we truly feel traces back to what our beliefs are, that the trial is kicking up. That's what he wants. He wants the root that is not grounded in him. He wants you to allow him to take his hand and rip it up from the root, and he replaces it with his kingdom thinking, kingdom heart, is kingdom peace. And those things lead to kingdom authority and kingdom power. Right? Um, So that's how we can, that's how we cooperate with what God is doing this year in 2016. Stay steadfast, body of Christ. Stay steadfast. Don't grow weary in doing good. There is a harvest, a harvest of righteousness That you will reap, continue to allow him to sow his kingdom in your heart. We need to agree with his word and just don't grow weary. Here are some scriptures that I talked about. You look up Amos three three, Psalms three five and six. In all our ways, we need to acknowledge him, acknowledge what he's doing, acknowledge him above all things. That it's love and it's his goodness. Everything he's doing is out of goodness. He hasn't passed over you. You are the center of his affection. You are the apple of his eye. You are his beloved. And you were meant to walk in realms of glory with him. Don't despair or grow weary. Galatians 6, 9 and Proverbs three eleven. Um I always like to give at least two or three scriptures for everything we talk about. So um, that's what's... Um, that, that's about what I have for this evening. Dorothy, If, if um, I guess I'll leave it open for a minute. I would like to welcome, if anyone has questions, I've gotten so much feedback about trials and questions, and that's it, it, confusing. I hope this addressed that. Um, but if anyone has any questions or would like to comment, I'd like to open up, Dorothy, the phones. I would we'll give them a few minutes if anyone mm-hmm. wants to call in and just share or, or anything, whether it's on topic or off topic. I just want to give a, a, a platform, a forum for some of the body of Christ to share if they feel led. Um, while uh, while we're waiting, Dorothy, you just cut me off if any that comes in, because if not, then we'll, we'll close out. Um, some teachings that the Lord has impressed upon me for this season for 2016 that I'm going to be good hopping in on right away. Again, is is um, breaking down that desert, that wilderness experience, that that refining. Um, and really helping us break it down, um, help us understand it, help us walk through each step along the way according to Scripture. We're going to talk we about do this have year.
1: Who oh, you? Do? Okay, in. sure, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, excuse me.
0: Sure.
1: Spring and pollen, I love it. Yeah. Area code nine one zero. What is your question or comment for David? Um, yes, this is Sarah. And um, hi, Sarah. David. Hi David, how are you doing?
0: Good, how are you?
1: I'm I'm blessed. I'm fine, thank you. Good. I again, um I do have a question but before I um go before I ask the question, I do want to say that, yeah, I, I agree totally that there's just been way too much a flood of things, you know, information that has been coming across the um, internet that has the propensity to to um, stir up fear, and I've been spending yeah. a lot of time just talking to the Lord, and the Lord just, you know, he, is, he told me this not just recently, some time ago, stay away from that stuff. He told me, that is not where you get fed. I'm the one who feeds you, and I feed you through my word, through the washing of the water of the word, and that's what I've been doing, and so the thing that we fill our ears with, the thing that we spend our time doing is the thing that ends up feeding us, and that was you know, what the Lord let me know, and so he says, you know what, it's my word, it's my word, and That is where I have been able to gain a lot of deliverance over fear and trepidation because rather than listening to the words of man, I've been spending my time with the Father, and he has been so gracious, you know, to the point where, you know, it may almost sound oversimplistic, but... Because of some of the issues, me contending, you know, as I had mentioned, I think, in our last conversation with the Word, he's repeatedly just told me, I love you. I love you. Like, if and I I, I would almost apologize, Lord, I'm sorry to keep, you know, I keep going back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can keep relate. slipping back into that stupid mindset. And he just so calmly says, I love you. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment of him like here she goes again He just yeah. he's just so sweet, you know, and yeah. the more it happens the more it becomes, as you said, galvanized in my spirit. Guess what? I'm loved. I am loved. And I just I just talk to him the way I would talk to anyone. And one of the things that um, one of the phrases that kind of came out through prayer was no more fig leaves. And I said, no more fig leaves? <laughs> i like, really? What is that? <laughs> and he said, what got Adam and Eve in trouble in the garden? They tried to cover their sin. I said, oh, my goodness, hmm. you're right. It's in the word. It's in the word. Yeah. And, the Lord spoke to me, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, more fig leaves. Come to me with whatever ails you. So instead of acting like, I want to be a big girl, and and I got to do it this way, I said, Lord, I'm afraid. Can you just help me with this right now? Or, Lord, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't know what to do in this situation. Can you help me, you know, just speak to me. Give me ears. To hear you, give me you know a sensitive a sensitivity in terms of my discernment, but in order for me to have to hear him, I have to sit quietly with him yes. and, and just love on him and let him love on me and then when I open up the word, I see things that just jump out, and I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's the answer and it's so simple, and there's no anger in it. <laughs>
2: That's right. Like he's right. he's not
1: mad. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God! It's in the it's been in the word all the time, and there's not an angry there's no anger in it.
2: That's right.
1: Now I'm getting around to the um, question. I kind of understand it based on just the things I was just saying, but just yeah. for other people who have been who are listening. When you say you don't go down, you don't look for devils and demons under every rock, which is the right thing not to, not to do, but you said when he gets in your crosshairs, you pull the trigger. I'm just asking you to expound on what that means, to pull the trigger. It sounds good, and it sounds like, oh, okay, I get you, but then when it comes to the practical application of that, I could see some sure. people thinking, well, how do you actually pull the trigger?
0: No, that's, that's great. Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, okay, so I'll give you some, a couple of different answers, uh, you know, how, what that means to me. Uh, I, uh, in, in last week in work, um, you know, I was at the store and I was heading back into my office, and as I passed by a gentleman, a customer, I, I just, I was in one of those moves. Depending upon what disposition I'm in, I, you know, my, I really have a burden for people. You know, as, as right. a, like when I'm dialed into the Lord, I, you know, I usually will feel the Lord's heart toward other people. And so I was, I was late for some meetings. I had to get into some meetings, so I really didn't want to look at anybody because I just, I just, I, I couldn't be divided. I want to be. I didn't want to go into this meeting with my my manager crying. And so I just kind of, you know. Kept no eye contact, which I do sometimes. Um, lack of my maturity, you know, learning how to handle all these things, and and but off to my right as I walked past somebody, uh, a customer, the, uh, I just I just felt his heart, I felt his brokenness, I felt his pain,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: as I did that, I said, Lord, I said, I I I, I want to get to this meeting. If you if you want me to address him, if you there's something that's there, I'll address it, and Instantly, the Holy Spirit says, The man has um, pain in his stomach. Pray for him for his stomach. So I turned to him, and when I turned to him, I saw sickness on him. Mm. That's an example. I saw the enemy. I saw the, the demonic oppression on him. I wasn't looking for it, but when the Lord brought my attention to this man, I saw it. So now the enemy's mm-hmm. in my crosshairs. So he's got to go. So I went to the man and I asked him very low key. I said, this is going to seem like an odd question. Do you ever get any, any pain in your stomach? And he says, yes, I have a hernia. And I have other issues that are going on with my stomach. I'm in constant pain. And I said, I kept it real simple. And here's the key, guys. It, just keep it simple and we don't have to be weird. I just said, would you be offended if I prayed for you? And he said, no, absolutely. Anything that would help, I would love it. I'm in constant pain. So I very quietly spoke. Um, I addressed that spirit of sickness under my breath. The man did not near me to hear that. Demons heard me. What I did say so that he could hear it is, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love this man. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you for healing him. I thank you for your power being released be healed in Jesus' name. And that's all the man heard. And I looked up, I turned at him, and when I looked, his countenance was different. I mean, his spiritual countenance was different. And I saw that that oppression was no longer there. Wow. So I looked and I said, listen, if you get a chance to come back sometime, I'd really be encouraged to tell me how you're feeling, you know, in the next couple of weeks. He says, well, I don't feel anything right now. But I'll come back if it comes back, or I'll let you know where I'm at. I say, that's great. i got to get on to a meeting. It's nice to meet you. My name's David Murray, blah, blah. I'm the general manager of the store. And, and I went on my way. So that's an right. example of how I address something when, when, it, when it, it comes up. I don't go looking for it. If I'm in my prayer closet praying for somebody, if I'm interceding for somebody, um, someone's on the, my, heart, uh, my heart, the Lord will many times um, place someone on my heart. I'll start praying for them. And then sometimes the Lord will give me information. Here's what this person is dealing with. Here's how they're being oppressed. Here's a lie the enemy is whispering that to them to try to get them to receive this lie, receive this sickness, receive this a uh, spiritual assignment of death, whatever that is, right?
2: right? And
0: so I say, oh, Lord gave me the information. The enemy is now in my crosshairs. I wasn't looking for him, exactly. but he's exposed, and I address it. And I just, I blast it. Christians should never be on the defensive. We right. should never feel we're on the defensive. If any, any demonic assignment is stupid enough to come at me, my position, and again, it's not because I'm anything special. You know, I'll hear sometimes, David, when you say that, you sound prideful. And my response is that's because you don't understand pride and humility. My worth right. does not come from my authority to take dominion over the enemy my worth comes from the fact that I have become the righteousness of Christ as all of you are. So I take a tremendous joy in destroying the works of the enemy. I am more grateful that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So when, when I pray for somebody and the Lord shows me something, I just take care of it. I just, I just address it. And um, so that's what I mean by that. So, so thank you for that. I wouldn't have thought to clarify that. And, um, that's a great point. That, that,
1: that's a great point. Well, actually, out of that has grown another question. Sure. Um, as a as a believer, if I see someone who is obviously sick or hurting or wounded or whatever the case may be, and mm-hmm. I ask them, would it be okay if I lay, you know, if I pray for you, and they say, oh, okay and I pray for them and they don't get healed, what, I mean, that's kind of that awkward moment where you're looking at each other and they're looking at me like, well, why'd you do that if it didn't work? And you're looking at them like, well, yeah. um, I prayed and I believed, but it, I, I don't know why you didn't get healed.
0: <laughs> you know what, we're going to, well, I will, uh, that, I'm going to be talking about that more in detail. Um, uh-huh. But, but I, let me address that point right there um, Two things One, the scriptures say when we, when we lay hands Or even if we don't lay hands I mean, of the time I'm praying for people all over the country I don't have the ability to lay hands I just enjoy laying hands It gives me a contact point It's a, maybe a sign right. of my immaturity But I just, when I lay hands um, I just enjoy it But anyway, if we're praying for someone If we're in agreement with his words Which say, lay hands on the sick and they recover or go out, preach my, my word with signs following, heal the sick. It doesn't say pray for the sick. It says heal the sick. Nowhere in scripture did anyone lay hands upon anybody and they not get healed. Jesus never laid hands and he didn't get healed. Jesus is inside of us. So I know whenever I lay hands or pray for someone in faith in agreement with God's word, that healing power and authority is released to heal that person. Whether I see it or not at the time does not change the fact that the power and the life of God went into them and will, will transform a change. Now, there are times when there is a delay. There have been battles that I have lost, which upset me very, very much. And I'll go back before the Lord. What we need to understand is God does not heal. The scripture, let me clarify that. The scriptures say in his name, we carry out his will. So I am in the ambassador of heaven. If someone doesn't get healed, it's because I am contending with what God says will happen when I do in obedience what his word says to do. So the question is, well, God, why didn't you heal that person? That's a a complete misunderstanding of of biblical theology, of, of our relationship. God does not come down from heaven and heal. He moves through the body of Christ, and he moves through those that will covenant with him and agree that when we pray for the sick, healing is released. And again, I'm not, I'm not there yet, and my standard is Jesus. And so I will never be satisfied until I see me functioning the way Jesus as a man functioned under the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what I do in the meantime in my process, just to avoid even the carnal mind and even the realm of that, is I just ask someone if they'd be offended if I pray for them. And then I just say, I'd like to pray for you. I don't say, you're going to get healed. There's just no point. Why, if I'm working through the process of something, there's no point. It's of no benefit. God, God, you know, um, there's just, it it doesn't need to be said. What I will just say is, would you be offended if I pray for someone? And when I pray, I'm believing and I know. And nine out of ten times, and God does this a lot of times for my benefit, I will feel the healing go through me into that person.
2: Amen. And
0: I'll feel it. The more that I commune with the Lord, the more that I'm just aware of his presence flowing through me. But again, I, I, I'm, I'm not where I want to be. Where I want to be is every single person healed the moment that I lay hands upon them. I have, I have people that I love dearly that I am praying for, that I'm standing with them. I won't call them out because I don't want to embarrass anyone and put them in the spot, but I'm actively agreeing um, and, and, and agreeing with God's word that I pray for this person, healing has been released into their body, and I go back before the Lord and say, Lord, show me any areas I'm contending in, in, with your word. Am I contending in my belief system? Am I allowing the carnal mind to influence who I am as someone who has the mind of Christ? And, and, and so that's kind of a little bit of a short, long answer of that. But what I would right. say, Sarah, is just, just ask someone if they could pray for them and just pray for them. Right. Just pray for them. The Lord, you know, not long ago really convicted me um, that I was despising the way he was working because for many, many years when I would pray for someone, the spirit of peace would come up. But because I wanted God to manifest differently, I was despising what was passing through my prayer.
2: Right. And because
0: right. I, wanted, I wanted something else to happen. I wanted to do other things, and the Lord had to deal with me. He said, David, when you, when you lay hands... It's not a thing that gets released. It's my kingdom that gets released in the kingdom is life is health is peace is fullness of joy is his goodness. Any areas where I'm shutting down to that, I'm not allowing him to flow through me because again, he resists the proud. He gives grace to those that are in alignment with him. So uh, that's going to probably send out a slew of questions and that's okay. I will be talking more about that in times to come. Um, more talking, understanding of the laying on of hands and just the dominion that we have as children of God.
1: Um, um, okay, but can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay, then why do people die at all? <laughs> you know, you know, why do people die of sickness if if every time right. we laid hands on them mm-hmm. they get healed? Then why does anybody die at all?
0: Well, to to answer the question, there's great questions. One is we're not meant to die from sickness. If you look at the lives of the patriarchs and those that were in covenant of God, none of them them died of sickness unless they died unrepentant in the end of their life. Many of the kings died that way. Those that were in covenant knew it was their time to go. Our body must, must die because we have to raise with an incorruptible body. Sin resides in the body, in the physical temple. So that eventually unwinds like a clock. The patriarchs said they knew their time was coming. They called their family together. They laid their feet up on the bed, and they went to heaven. That is the way believers are meant to die. When our, when our purpose is fulfilled, we know that it's time, and we give up the Holy Spirit. We release our spirit in accordance to God, and he takes us. What happens is, is because you have the scriptures say Satan comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy to the degree of the body of Christ is not walking in the authority God commissioned us, gave us, He said we are ambassadors, we are royal priests, we are a holy nation, we are meant to reflect Your will on earth as it is in heaven. If to the degree the body of Christ doesn't know that, hasn't been taught that, is contending through the carnal mind, through fear, through rejection, fear rejection, through fear of the what ifs, we compromise our ability to cooperate with the Spirit of God in us. Right. And I experienced, I mean, this has been a never-ending journey f- for me over many, many, many years of moving in that, and, and times are moving much more quickly. Uh, you know, when I was younger, 15, 20 years ago, um, it was, you know, very difficult. The faith movement was the beginning of that, and there was just so much that still wasn't taught, but it was the beginning of it, right. that we heal by faith. But back right. then we were taught you can only heal for yourself. You can't do that for others. Until you actually get into the Word, and it says just the opposite. But any area where I'm contending in any way, I have to look at that. And the answer, the bottom line, this is true for, for everything, Sarah. The answer to that is getting into his presence.
2: Right. Because
0: it's in communion with him, we are transformed into greater and greater realms of glory. The things that I, that I can believe for and pray for and, and see stronger and more quick signs, I struggled with. Uh, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, because uh, since then I've grown in my relationship with the Lord. I've grown in understanding who lives on the inside of me. I've grown in learning how to just accept his word as true and agree with it. And, um, and I'm, I'm far from arrived, as a Christian expression will say, right? You know, there are people that I prayed for that they've died. There are people that I prayed for where their healing hasn't manifest, and that drives me deeper into the throne room. I, there's nothing I hate more than seeing God's children, his lost and his redeemed children, um, in bondage to sin and in bondage to sickness. It is a hatred, okay. hatred toward it, a hatred. It drives me, it, it, it's it, it's all-consuming for me. And so it drives me deeper into the throne room. Amen. So that's that's where I am at in the journey right now. and Okay. Um, you know, those are the things as I've seen them in the Word. There will be many who disagree with me, and praise God, that's okay. But um, as I continue to get stronger and stronger results by spending time with Him and allowing the Lord to move through me, um, I'm enjoying it. So I don't mind if someone disagrees. But I'm, my heart's desire is to continue to set as many f- people free as I can.
1: Amen. Amen. And, okay. And I'm, I'm, yes. Thank you for the encouraging words. And keep doing what you're doing because my spirit is witness with it, and I definitely will keep praying for you, and we'll pray Thank for you. each other, and we'll Thank continue to uplift the body, and not just you know sometimes when we say the body, we have this American mentality, the body, and you know in America, but yes. the body all over the world because the Lord is doing miraculous things all over the world, and if we could get our mind out of America, we'll realize. That phenomenal things are happening
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, that time is coming <laughs> That time is oh, coming yeah. we, w- we will uh, we will, learn to identify With the persecuted church in the world A lot more in the days ahead And um, yes. thank you for that reminder for all of us Yeah, we pray for the uh, the persecuted church A lot um, amen. And yes, amen to that one body
1: Amen I love you, keep the good work up God bless thank you Thank you,
0: you too, Sarah, thank you
1: Alrighty, <laughs> bye-bye, <laughs> bye-bye.
0: Dorothy anyone else who who um dialed in or, or or expressed interest or
2: anything nope. like that? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Going out.
0: Okay, Dorothy any comments on your end or anything you'd like to share or add or, or, or correct me on or anything like that? You know, I'm always learning and and you know, we we all need to be teachable. Anything that you wanted to comment on?
1: Well, I can attest to a time of refining
0: mm.
1: definitely.
0: Um. Yeah. Malachi three. Um, I, I, I encourage everyone to read Malachi three. You know, we, we just get to reiterate so much. We put so much, you know, everything. Oh, the devil is doing this. The devil is doing that. Um, Malachi three tells us God is going to refine us. God refines those that are in covenant with him. It's the refiner's fire. And the, the blast furnace of that refinement takes place out in the trials in the wilderness. And um, I'm not saying I'm an expert on it, but I've I've got some roadmaps of how to get through the wilderness. I've been out there a while, <laughs> so we're all learning from each other. Um, but yeah, Malachi three three and that 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 chapter in there is a lot of insight on that. If we recognize, okay, that's a different covenant, but what is the principle? The principle of the that that chapter is God refines. He purifies because it releases deeper relationship, deeper intimacy. We're going to talk more about that, uh, everybody, too, understanding the difference between the covenants and the principles of God's word, because God never changes his nature. He's not schizophrenic. The Bible is progressive revelation, and we progressively see the fulfillment of his heart take place as as we read from Genesis to Revelation. So... So anyway, Dorothy, thank you as always, and um, I look forward to, uh, to catching up with you in a couple of weeks, depending upon how um, how much I get done. We may possibly go weekly for a while, but I, I make no promises. It, it, um, some of these studies take me a while, but we'll, we'll play, play week to week. Um, but Lord willing, uh, we'll see us back here together in two weeks as it stands right now. And... Um, you have a wonderful night. And uh, let me just, you know, I might as well close out and pray. I'm not big on,
2: yeah. all right, let's just
0: pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word never returns void. Lord God, I thank you that you do not confirm people. You confirm your word. And so any area, Lord God, that has spoken that's of your word, I thank you that you will bear witness um, inside the spirits of every believer That's listening, Lord God, whether it's live or whether it's after the fact. I bless, Lord God, all the listeners with a spirit of steadfastness. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for an impartation of steadfastness, that foreheads would be set as flint, Lord God, in agreement with what you are doing. And that the body of Christ, we will not turn to the right or to the left, but that we will see and hear this is the path of life, walk in it. I speak times of refreshing, Lord God, and just bless the body, bless the listeners, Lord God, with your Sabbath rest, with peace, and an understanding it is your incredible, tremendous love that you do all things, whether it is grace or refinement, it's love. That the refinement and the discipline and the judgment, the pruning upon this nation is for us to walk in intimacy with you and fulfill our call to win your lost, Lord I thank you that you guard us in peace. I speak peace upon every listener and upon the body of Christ in this nation and upon this world, Lord we' bless this night and this weekend, the weeks to come, Lord God, in Jesus name
2: Amen.
0: Well, Dorothy, thank you so much. always a pleasure, and I look forward to catching up uh, again soon hopefully uh some more time to breathe this week and we can catch up and compare some notes and some things I hope. And, um, everybody, God bless. If you have any, um, any questions, shoot me an email. Um, I know I've said this, uh, it may take some time for me to get back to you, but, but so far, Lord willing, I I will, I can get back to all of you. It may take some time, but I will. And yes, I do have a website, DW Murray, um, I would be blessed and honored if anybody stopped by there and was ministered to by any of those. And if not, praise God, the Lord will bring a path to someone else or something else to minister to you as is needed for the body because he is faithful. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful night. Dorothy, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will catch up with you soon.
1: Good night, David.
0: Good night, Dorothy. Thanks. God bless.
1: Father bless. Bye-bye.